Well, good morning, everyone. So I was thinking this week about uh, a story from my family and uh, from a summer when my dad had gone back to school. And my mom was working, and so my dad, in the middle of doing his studies, was there trying to watch three energetic kids at the same time. And the story goes that one day, two of us decided we wanted to go to a friend's house. And so we went down to dad's study, and we said, can we go to our friend's house? And he said yes, and we went, left and went to our friend's house. Well, then a couple hours later, dad emerges from a study, and he can't figure out where his kids are. <laughs> no clue. And the good news is we had three, there's three of us, and so the one that was left said, well, they went to their friend's house. But he had no recollection of this. See, like he had been so immersed in what he was doing that despite the fact that a conversation had happened and we had gotten permission, he didn't remember any of it. And so from that point on, when we got home that day, a new rule was established in our, our house. And that was when dad was doing schoolwork and you wanted to ask him anything, you had to get his full attention, you had to look him square in the eyes and make sure that you're like, dad, are you listening to me? And then, then you could know if you could go do the thing, because otherwise he just wasn't really paying attention. And, you know, my guess is that we've all had experiences like that with people, haven't we? That we've had a conversation with someone, some, a conversation that perhaps we thought was a full, well-rounded conversation, only to realize that the fact that they nodded their head and grunted didn't really mean anything. Or, or maybe, you know, they were on their phone or something, right? Maybe they were kind of distracted, but they didn't really hear what we were saying. Maybe sometimes they can actually tell us, have you tried this, where you say, can you repeat after me what I just said? And they can tell you some of what you just said, but you realize later on, as life kind of continues, that they didn't actually internalize the words that you said. They, we never had their attention. And so some of us this morning are maybe tempted to nudge the person sitting next to us because, or point fingers at them if you're over in this section, there was some finger pointing already, uh, because they've done that to us, right? But to be fair, we do this to other people as well. We do this all the time. You know, there are times when we might be physically present with one another. We might even be able to recall the words that somebody said, or at least enough of it. But the truth of the matter is that we weren't actually listening. The words never sunk in. As my mom used to say, the words went in one ear and out the other. Everybody else's mom said that too? Okay, it was probably part of the mom course that you all take, right? And unfortunately, you know what? This feeling of not being listened to or not being heard is common. And so, you know what? It kind of stands out when we have a moment when we realize, that person heard me. I felt like I was understood. That can stand out. And so this morning, before we go any further, we're going to pause. We're going to do a short two-minute conversation with the person sitting next to you. If you don't know the person sitting next to you, start by introducing yourself. But I would like us just to, to, to discuss this. You know, what do people do to show us that they are listening? Or maybe another way of having this conversation is what do you try to do to let people know that you're actually paying attention? Okay? Two minutes with the people sitting next to you. Go. All right, everybody. I'm sure you're doing plenty of listening in this conversation. Thank you very much. I'm gonna, before we move on, maybe there's a couple people who'd be brave and let us know what does it look like when somebody's listening or maybe what is something that you do to try to make sure that you communicate that you are paying attention? Anybody? Your body turns towards them. Yes, very good. Not hold the cell phone. Pardon me? Not hold the cell 
Not hold the cell phone. Okay, yeah. Eye contact, yeah. Take your headphones off. That one seemed a little pointed for some reason. All right, you know what? Here's the thing. Knowing that someone is listening to us is a pretty significant thing. It really is. Because when we perceive that we are not being listened to, that part of our brains that does the fight, flight, or freeze thing uh, kicks in. And it actually makes it really hard for us to want to listen or be able to listen to somebody uh, when we're you know, perceive, when we perceive that they're not listening to us. Now, in contrast, when we sense that we are being listened to, our brain sends all, sends all sorts of trust signals. You know, our heartbeat slows down and our brain says, hey, it's okay to relax, it's okay to open up. See, when we believe that we are being listened to, we are actually in a position to be ready to listen. And so there's some really good things. It's really important for us to understand, you know, uh, what does it mean to listen well to one another and be somebody who is able to enter into a conversation and listen. This fall, we've been talking about how we can engage conflict and divisive conversations in healthier ways than perhaps we're used to. Um, and we know, indeed, we know that relationships have never been easy, but there's something about this time and this place that we're living in that seems to be putting extra stress and, and bringing whole new levels of divisive differences into our relationships. And so that's what we're talking about. Because I think it's safe to say that most, if not all of us, we want something better. We want something better than conflict in our relationships. And so this morning, we're going to talk about how listening can be helpful, especially when divisive differences might be present. And so the big idea that we're exploring today is that listening to understand will help us navigate these divisive differences. Now, if you're somebody who's here with us this morning and you aren't really sure what you think about church, what you think about God, what you think about Christians, uh, and somehow you found yourself here and you found yourself maybe listening to other parts of the, this message series, let me just say that I think you can apply everything that we're talking about very easily, and let me say it's going to make your life better. Now, for those of us who are followers of Jesus here in this room today, there's a little something extra here for us. See, as followers of Jesus, we have been called by Jesus to be peacemakers, that is, we have been given a responsibility to, to be leading the charge in a sense of making this world a better place, one relationship at a time. And so how we engage in these relationships that we have, they matter. How we think about the relationships we have with the people sitting beside us, the people at home, the people that maybe we don't get along with online, those relationships matter. And it's so important to Jesus that he sends his followers, the Holy Spirit, to help us as we figure this out. We aren't left to do this alone, but we've been given divine help to, to engage this healthier dialogue thing in our relationships. Now, every month I go out with two of my longtime friends for breakfast, and, and every month we run through some of the same main points of conversation. We talk about work, we talk about our kids, we talk about church, because all of us go to church and are involved in churches, that kind of stuff. And so, in a sense, I can tell you about what's going on in their lives. I can tell you about their life based on the things that were shared. You know, I know that they did this and their kids did that. I can give you a general uh, picture of what's going on based on those facts. Facts. But relationally, of course, we know that there's more to somebody's story than just hearing facts about the things that they did. Rather, there's a whole other level of relationship that requires that we go below the surface, go a little bit deeper than just understanding they did this and then we said that. There's more to it. 
See, the diff- there's a difference between hearing and understanding, and that difference is rather significant. And in fact, as we're going to look at a couple passages from Scripture this morning, and in our first passage, Jesus is getting at this this morning, that there's a difference between hearing and understanding, and that difference is significant. And so we're going to flip over to Matthew chapter 13, and we're going to read five verses starting in verse 10. The disciples came to him, that's Jesus, and asked, why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will ever be hearing, but never understanding. You will ever be seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. Now, in the lead-up to this passage, Jesus has told the parable of the sower, which ends with Jesus saying, whoever has ears, let them hear. Now, there's something about this parable that that the disciples are kind of thinking about here, and and they come to Jesus, and they say, Jesus, why do you speak in parables? You know you're just kind of confusing people, right? Why don't you speak more plainly? But in Jesus' response, he gets at this idea that we need to actually learn how to listen. And in this passage, what we see Jesus doing is calling out the way that we can hear things without really paying attention. Like that phrase, in one ear and out the other, Jesus is pointing out the tendency to not give thoughtful consideration to what it is that we're hearing. Jesus says, you will listen, but not understand. You know, I think we're all guilty of this kind of listening, aren't we? You know, there we are, we're on our phones, maybe we got our headphones in, right? We're, and somebody says something to us, and maybe we, we nod our head or we say, uh-huh, just to kind of acknowledge that they even exist. Uh, but are we actually listening in that moment? Could we give a meaningful response? And the reality is that often we're not giving our full attention to what other people are saying. And the result of that can be that it leads to us not understanding one another like we could, which could ultimately lead to conflict. And so maybe when we find ourselves in a relational conflict, we, it would be worth asking ourselves, how well am I listening to the person that's talking to me? How well am I actually listening Well, in this passage from Matthew, Jesus is referring to this half-hearted way of listening when he explains why it is that he speaks in parables. And I don't think it's because Jesus is trying to trick people, but the thing that he's trying to underline here is that the kingdom of God is not something, and this is what he's been talking about in the parables, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is not something that can be understood through a superficial hearing of information. Rather, to understand the kingdom of God takes a type of listening that demands our full attention. And so as Jesus is speaking here, he's inviting his listeners to see that good listening leads to a deeper level of understanding. That we need to be willing to really enter in to discern what is all happening in a conversation. And this can apply to us if we're spiritually seeking truth. It can apply to us as we're trying to understand and navigate hard conversations with the people that we love. And so in our relationships, we often call this active listening. 
And so, so we have already highlighted some of the, what, the, what this looks like, but we're going to run through just a couple points this morning, and you're going to see some of yours. And, you know, if, you, if yours pops up on the screen, you can say, yes, we got, part, we got it. Maybe you got them all. That'd be great. But sometimes we need a bit of a reminder. You know, active listening requires that we are fully present. And so what we should do is what was said is put our phones away. You know, ignore distractions. Try to avoid daydreaming and, and shut down the inner dialogue. You know, that voice that just keeps talking while we're trying to listen to other people? Try to shut that down and focus on the conversation that we're having in that moment with the person standing right in front of us. Active listening invo- includes our body language. You know, so much of communication is nonverbal. And so we need to be aware of what our bodies might be communicating when we are sharing a space with, other, with another person. And, and we know that when somebody's sitting back like this, you know, they, they're, just, they're, they're saying you know, with their body that they're closed off. And so maybe we need to think about how can we open things up here. You know, smile, lean in, nod when it's appropriate. Our body language communicates so much. And you want know to tell you the truth? Some of us are really bad. Right? Some of us are really not good at hiding, you know, that we're not interested in talking with people, and everybody knows it, all right? So if we're really serious about trying to pursue a better, healthier way in our relationships, we need to be mindful about how we hold ourselves. Active listening involves good eye contact, but at the same time, not too much eye contact, okay? You know, eye contact communicates that we're listening. Too much eye contact is weird, though, okay? I, I don't know what the scientific ratio is. I looked it up this week, and I wasn't happy with what I found out, but okay, there's a line, okay? But eye contact's a good thing, and when we're avoiding eye contact, we're communicating that we're not there in the moment. Active listening includes asking open-ended questions, you know, we've all had those experiences conversationally where, 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 where the, the answers that we're getting are yes or no, or when you ask your kids how they're doing, how school went today, and they said fine, and you're like, oh, this conversation's going nowhere. But we need to learn how to ask better questions, and so we, as we've been talking about curiosity over the last few weeks, we've been talking about asking open-ended questions because it shows that we are interested. It shows that we are entering in, we are willing to enter into a place of dialogue to understand another, the other person. Active listening includes reflecting back what it is that we've heard. You know, after somebody has spoke, we take a moment and we think about it. And then we might, we might find ourselves saying, hey, let me rephrase this to make sure I understand what you're saying. Or in other words, you're feeling really frustrated about this, aren't you? Or if I'm hearing you correctly, you're finding this really hard. You know, when we take the time to, to rephrase and, and to reflect back what it is that we think we're hearing, we are making space for understanding to take place. We are validating the other person. They feel like they are heard, and, and we, what we're doing is we are, creating, we, we are minimizing the opportunities for misunderstandings to take place. Active listening requires patience. I mean, it, it, it means allowing room for the other people to speak, other person to speak, maybe even think without trying to fill that conversational void. So many of us are uncomfortable, myself included, with silence in conversation, and so I want to jump in with a story, a joke, an antidote about, that's about me, when really in that moment I need to let it sit and let it breathe. Or maybe I get uncomfortable and I, I'm tempted to switch the conversation, change the topic. But active listening allows space, allows space for silence even. Active listening withholds judgment. You know, when we can be non-judgmental in our responses to somebody, we make the other person feel comfortable about sharing their thoughts, and that enables dialogue. 
You know, as we practice this, we, even as we think about it, we need to be careful that we don't see this as a tool to eventually change somebody else's mind or get our own way, okay? This whole series is not about developing weapons that we can use against people, but it's about to, developing things that we can use in our relationships with other people. Again, remember what Jesus says in this passage when he tells his disciples to listen with their ears and to understand with their hearts. See, listening, listening comes from a place of genuine curiosity and a place of care. You know, active listening is, is good for all of our relationships. It will make our relationships with our, our spouses, with our partners better. It will improve our relationships with our kids. Situations at work will become better if we learn how to actively listen but it's especially important when we find ourselves in conflict or we're finding ourselves in what could potentially be a divisive difference of opinion. See, our ability to listen well can, has, the, has the power to change the path of a conflict. And so when we make space to listen, what we are creating is we're creating the potential for a conflict to become constructive, for something good to come out of something that could have been really bad. But again, naturally, we tend to place a higher value on trying to convince others of our opinion, don't we? You know, that we need to teach them what we believe that they don't know or what they don't understand. That's sort of our default when we get into these conversations. However, we're reminded of what James chapter 1, verse 19 says when James reminds us to be quick to listen and slow to speak. It's like the Bible's way of saying you got two ears and one mouth, right? Be quick to listen and slow to speak. It's a great piece of advice because listening can change the course of an argument and lead to a greater level of understanding. Last spring, there was a period of time when our family calendar was like way fuller than it should have been. You know, we committed ourselves to too many good things. And it started out okay, but there was a three-week period that was just like eh, not so much fun. And it started with, we had swimming lessons, the kids had swimming lessons on Friday, and then one of them had T-ball, I believe, on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Am I getting the schedule right there, dear? And then, for three weeks, soccer started up while the other things were still happening. So that was Monday, soccer, Tuesday, T-ball, Wednesday, soccer, Thursday, T-ball, and then Friday, swimming lessons. Like, it's the type of thing that I used to look back and judge other parents for doing, because I was like, what are you doing to you and your family? Like, can't, don't you have some sort of margin? And we did it for three weeks, and it, I don't think it was a good decision, because while it was fun to watch the kids do these things, and they were all good things, swimming lessons, good, t-ball, good, soccer, better, it was, <laughs> I got thoughts about t-ball, but that's a whole other thing, okay? Uh, it, it was... It was just a lot. And I remember sitting there one time thinking, like, I want to enjoy this. Am I enjoying all this like I want to be enjoying this? Because it just felt like we were going from one thing to another to another. And the conversations we were having were like, who's going to make supper? And how are we going to get them to this and that? It just wasn't quite as good as I wanted it to be. And in a way, this illustrates how busyness can get in the way of things that are better in our relationships. And so let's keep that in mind as we look at this next passage this morning, which comes from the Gospel of Luke, uh, chapter 10, looking at verse 38 to 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. 
Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Here we have a story that I think can help us understand what does it look like to truly listen. You know, Jesus is visiting his friends Mary and Martha. They're at the house of, of Martha. And uh, Jesus ends up commending Martha for, or sorry, Mary for choosing what is better by sitting there and listening while Martha is just busy doing all the different things that have to be done. Now, we need to imagine what might be on Martha's agenda for that day. I mean, there was food to prepare, there were drinks to refresh, the kids, I'm sure, made a mess somewhere, uh, and she just wanted her home to be a good place for Jesus and his friends to be able to relax and to be refreshed. None of that is bad. In fact, it's a very good thing, and it is necessary work, and so we shouldn't hear Jesus, is deval- Jesus devaluing Martha for what she was doing, so much as he was affirming Mary and her focus spent on spending time with Jesus. You know, as we reflect on our relationships where conflict and divisive differences may be present, we ought to consider how Mary's way of sitting and listening can can apply to our difficult relationships. And in doing so, I think that we see that good listening requires our full attention. In fact, that was kind of one of, those, one of those things in the list of what active listening actually looks like, but let's pull it out and, and tease this out a little bit more, that good listening requires our full attention. You know, one of the things that we hear Jesus saying a lot, both in the Gospels and in the book of Revelation, is this phrase, let anyone with ears listen. And at our first level response when we hear Jesus say, saying this is we might say, Jesus, what do you think I'm doing? Like, of course I'm listening to you. But most of the time, my guess is that Jesus would say, well, are you? Are you really listening? Because while we may be hearing words, we may not be entering into the moment enough to fully discern what is really going on. And again, this is true as we seek uh, to understand the spiritual realities of the kingdom of God and what does it mean to follow Jesus and what is the hope that we have. But it's also true when it comes to our relationships. See, not all listening is equal, and we know this. And when it comes to our relationships, sometimes our conversations feel like more like a competition, where what we are doing is we are waiting for the other person to stop talking so that we can jump in, because we have something that we want to say. Or maybe we actually are one of those people that interrupt, and I think we all do that from time to time. And this doesn't just happen with, uh, with the people that we are in conflict with, Sometimes it happens with our friends and family, the people that we would consider to be on our side and we're on their side, but conversationally, it feels more like a competition rather than a a place where we are sitting and we are listening and we entered into a dialogue with one another. See, it is much easier to listen poorly than it is to listen well. Now, getting back to Mary and Martha, I am absolutely sure that Martha would have thought that she was listening to Jesus and listening to what was going on as she was doing all the different things that needed to be done. I mean, she could laugh along with the jokes as she washed the dishes. She could hear the stories from the road as she served the food. She could participate in the banter as she buzzed around the house, being a good host. And I think we get that, don't we? Because this is how many of us function in our relationships. I mean, conversations are, happen on the go. And yes, we might think that we're engaged in the conversations at hand, but at the same time, you know what? Honestly, we're thinking about that thing that needs to get done or that bill that needs to get paid, or we're busy doing something. We're busy at, trying to get something done while a conversation is happening around us. But in Mary here, we see a different way. 
And for a moment in time, she steps away from what needs to get done, what's demanding her attention, what her big sister would have said should be done in that moment. And she sits for a while, being eager to not just hear what Jesus has to say, but to be fully immersed in that conversation and and allowing herself to, to let that just sink in. She takes on the posture of a student there, as a learner. And this is what Martha was missing out on. And I think this is what it means for us to truly listen. Think back for a moment at a conversation that you had with somebody maybe this week. What else was on your mind? Maybe what else were you doing when that conversation was taking place? The reality is that our lives are busy. You know, we have things to do. We have events to plan. There is a crisis to attend to for sure. There are emotions in our household that we need to navigate. The reality is that these are the type of things that come with us as we enter into a conversation with others. And not all of them are bad. Many of them are very, very good things that we should be giving our attention to. But when we think that we can multitask, especially when we're in a conversation where personal things are being shared, you know, or when there could be a difference of opinion, we're not setting ourselves or other people up for success, are we? Instead, it's a recipe for misunderstanding, it's a recipe for frustration, it's a recipe for conflict. But what if we could recognize the conversations that we are in or the people that we are with as being a valuable moment in time? What if we could pause just for a moment, put that to-do list, you know, mentally say, I'm going to put that over here for a moment and to be paying attention to the person sitting right in front of us? Imagine how that would make things better or different. Imagine how that might transform the divisive differences that we might find ourselves in from debate to dialogue. Imagine how that might clear up the possibility of misunderstanding. Maybe it requires having a notepad beside us. You know, the old thing where you, like, you can't sleep, you write down things beside your bed and you fall, you're able to fall asleep. Maybe you need to have one of those, a relational notepad. It might be a little bit weird, but figure that out. That's your homework. You know, what would it look like to be able to, put, to step aside from that thing that needs to get done and not be worried about forgetting it, but so that you could focus on the person sitting right in front of you? In the email newsletter that went out this morning, we included a, a feedback survey for this sermon series. And, and part of that is we, we want to get a sense of how this series is connecting with you, or maybe it's not connecting with you, and that's fine. We'd love to hear that. Uh, I know for some of you, I've heard some little stories about how this series has started to impact your lives or conversations that you've had. And it would be kind of nice to gather some of those stories just to kind of hear about how you're reflecting on this peaceful practice material. Or maybe, again, you're somebody here and you're thinking like, Pastor, this is missing the mark, write it down. That's okay. We'll take it. But one of the questions on this survey is about loose ends. And that is because every sermon, every sermon series has loose ends. These are things that we didn't get to or we didn't talk about as much as we should have. And last Sunday, one of you kind of came up and talked to me and, and brought up a great thing that, you know what, I wished had been in last week's sermon. It would have made last week's sermon better. Okay, And so maybe you have one of those things you let me know, and, and maybe we'll try to add those things in as we've got about three more weeks left in this sermon series. We could include some of those things that just seem to be out there. They're bothering you because we haven't talked about it yet. Well, this morning, one of the things that could come to mind, one of those potential loose ends, is about those times when we believe what we are hearing, what we're hearing from somebody is actually something that is harmful. I mean, what does it mean to actively listen to somebody who is being racist, for example? What is that? What do we do there? Or where is the line between listening to the other person and stopping opposition? What about that? 
Those are really good questions that we need time to wrestle with, and there's no simple answers to that at all. There really aren't. And over the next couple weeks, as we you know, try to conclude this series, we are going to talk both about the risks and the challenges of entering into dialogue and conversation with people. Now, as we think about what does it mean to listen, I think it's really important for us to remember that listening does not mean agreement. We can actively listen to somebody and still respond with our own opinions, our own understandings, our own beliefs about something. We can do that and still listen to people sitting in front of us. Again, listening does not mean that we agree with what's being said or approve of what's being said. It's not in an endorsement that we inherently affirm the opinions and the positions of others. Okay? Just because we listen to somebody doesn't mean that we're like, yes, you are right. But the thing about listening is it does help us know how to engage in those hard conversations that are going to arise because we are people, human beings, in relationships with others. See, we learn a lot when we listen. Even with those people that we staunchly disagree with, we can learn from those conversations. Jesus says, to those who have, more will be given. And he says this right as he's teaching his disciples about what does it mean to listen? See, to those who have and are willing to offer the gift of listening, more will be given. That is more understanding, more wisdom, more transformational potential. You know, even if our opinion remains unchanged, uh, our thinking can be nuanced by hearing the ideas and the thoughts and the experiences of somebody else. And so as our understanding grows, we've gained something. You know, through everything that we've talked about over the last, what, six weeks, I'll emphasize this again and again. This stuff doesn't come naturally. These are things that need to be grown in us. And as followers of Jesus, I'll say what I said at the beginning, we have the presence of the Holy Spirit who's working in us to bring about growth of things that maybe don't naturally, you know, want to be there in our lives. We need supernatural help sometimes to make these things happen in relationships. Wow, we need a lot of help some days, don't we? Listening is a gift that needs to be developed. And when we engage in a conversation with the posture of listening, our observations in that moment will, ask, it will move us to ask questions rather than to, than to jump to judgments. And when that is the case, the potential emerges for our relationships to change, to become different, to become more productive than previously they may have been. And we can handle conflict and divisive differences differently. Please join me in prayer. Lord Jesus, we want to thank you for today. Lord, there are a lot of good things that you have blessed us with. We have family and friends who love and support us. You have provided for our needs this week. Lord, we have been able to enjoy your creation. God, there are some good things that we've enjoyed, and we want to say thank you for that. At the same time, God, for some of us, this week has been a hard week, and we want to name that reality too. Some of us this morning are here in a place of grief. And Lord, sitting here is hard. And so Lord Jesus, we ask that you would meet us in our grief. And Lord, for those of us who are sitting here, perhaps knowing that there's people grieving, Lord, we we lift them up to you, saying, Lord, would you be their comfort? Would you be their strength? Would you be their, their source of hope today? For others of us, God, we are dealing with other struggles in our lives. The relationships feel really hard right now. And so, God, we ask for your help this morning. 
In fact, over the course of the past six weeks, God, we are just naming the reality that, that some relationships are just seem so, so hard and so far gone. There are, the, the differences are, and the divides are so deep that we aren't sure if there's a future. But Lord, we are looking to you as the healer, as the one who, who heals the, our brokenness. And God, we're looking to you as someone who can help us find a new way forward. And so, God, where it's possible, we ask that you would heal our relationships and that you would use us to be a part of that healing. God, grow in us a desire to listen well to the people around us, whether they be people in our household, people at work, or somebody that we really are tempted to call an enemy God. Help us to develop the skills of listening, and may that transform our hearts so that we might find something better. Lord Jesus, would you put in each one of us a desire to to know you well, to discern how you are leading in our lives, Lord, that we would get to experience your goodness both in us and, Lord, that we would be a part of sharing your goodness uh, with those around us this week. In your name we pray, amen.